smell something? Put that cookie down! Hello and welcome to the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. I'm Shane. I'm Josh. I'm Chancellor. We're filmmakers, we're fans, and we are falling in love. With each other? Today. No, oh. no. I'm already in love with you, Chancellor. Oh, yay. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think one of us has fallen in love, one of us is in the process of it, and one of us sucks really bad at it. So, <laughs> to our listeners, if you can guess, you might win a prize. Uh, yeah, send it to, comment down below comment if you're Comment on our personal on lives, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, anyway, but today we are talking about Romantic comedies. This is the convention. This is the rom com con. The, the convention for romantic comedies, which is a line I stole from the greatest tele- comedy television show ever, which is Happy Endings. We will fight you over this. It's Iron Man Three, best <laughs> movie. Best is, uh, Iron Man Three is the best comedy television series. <laughs> it is true. Uh, but as always, we start by asking, "What have you been watching?" and Josh, what have you been watching? I have watched a fair few stuff. I'm going to start with Black Panther. I finally caught yes. up. I was very slow. I'm sorry. But holy hell, Ryan Coogler does it again. He's free for free with me. He is just the perfect director. I literally haven't director. seen anything he's I l- done. I, you haven't seen his other two movies? No, okay. I need to. I'll, I'll loan you to him because like I literally, it's funny, I actually watched his movies in release order. So like I never like, I was like, I watched Fruit Vow Station. I was like, dude, this is, this is good. And then he's like, I was like, he's doing Creed. What, what, what? And I'm like, Creed, this is good. And then Black Panther, I'm like, this is good. He's, um, it's amazing. Yeah. It's also not in, not so much in the house style. Cause like a comment from him was just like, no, I'm going to bring in my own DP and like composer to like change up the house style. And you can tell cause like Rachel Morrison, Holy hell, your cinematography so good. is amazing. The score is amazing. The soundtrack is amazing. I've been listening to it like on repeat. Yeah. Um, and I love how there's like thematic ideas even built into the soundtrack. Like, did you watch that variety thing where Ryan Kirkler breaks down the casino fight? I know. I haven't watched that. It's so good, but there's like a, a music cue that he uses for the Dora Magi. Like, it's this. Mm. Hot, hot, like I, I'm mm. not going to try and I just yeah, try and or I just, yeah. I just listening to the uh, music cues for, like Killmonger as well. Just like yeah. it's just like nice integrated, like how to use like like typical African instruments and stuff. Like yeah. it's just amazing. Uh, best villain. Like one of the best, best, one of the best Marvel villains. I still argue that uh, Michael Keaton in Spider Man is the best villain, but Killmonger is a we've had we've had a good set like recently. I except for Hella, I don't like Hella. Yeah, well, Hella was there. (laughs) What are you, the god of again? Because I'm the god of being a hypocrite actress. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yes, I I agree. I've been, I've been, I've been been on a bit Uh, of an anti Blanchett raid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and um, Chadwick Boseman, standing, all the female cast. Like, Shuri is like my new favorite character. I See, will love I her I like forever. Shuri, but holy hell, uh, Denai Guerrera as the general, what's her name? Um, she's oh, the yeah. head of the Dora yeah. Majai. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was my favorite character of she, that whole movie. I she, love her to pieces. And it's really weird. I listened to her on a podcast. She's wearing and she's this like, disgusting wig. She's like got the most like, n- like, like oh guys like her voice is so bizarrely different Fuck, I need from to hear her that. character in that I want to see her I, I, I want to see her in that costume talking like she normally does that would be amazing <laughs> yeah. slightly in character okay and that was Black Panther so we all know it's amazing uh, and then my next movie is Ingrid Goes West I yes. watched that finally as well I've been wanting to watch it for a while so that's directed by Matt Spicer it's a black comedy about 
technology and like sort of like, you know, Instagram and sort of like that syndrome where we like sort of vicariously live our lives through social media and it's all commentary on that, but it's fucking funny. And it's such a great character study. Yeah, it's and a that, character, like, great character study. Aubrey Plaza, like, he's really impressing me lately with Legion, with Ingrid Goes West and then what was it? There was another movie I saw of her in it and she's playing so against her type. She's really mm, good. Yeah, she's yeah, she's really hitting up the park recently. And Elizabeth Olsen was great in the role. Yeah. So I just hated her. I was just like, ugh. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Um, and Wyatt Russell, who's been popping up a lot. Like he's, it, it was in the Black Mirror episode Playtest. Um, yes, he's, yes, 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 yes. He's like popping up on everything I've been watching recently and I like, really like him. He's Kurt Russell's son. Billy Magnuson too is showing up in a lot of stuff. He was in... Into the Woods, he's one of the mm. princes, he's in Game Night as like the di- okay, dim it's not widow. Yeah, and he's in Ingrid Goes West as like the boyfriend of um, oh, one of the other people that comes in. And he's, yeah, mm. he's actually really good in Ingrid Goes West. Yeah, too. and um, Ashay Jackson Jr., who's, this is like his second film role since, uh, film role since playing his dad in Straight Outta Compton. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he was funny. He was, he was good. He was, he he was, was funny. Really he brought it. Um, I want to see him more stuff. So, yeah, because that's like I don't really want to dive too much into the plot or anything. I just it's, reckon you should just watch it because like it's just funny and like sad at the same time. And like I really felt for Repuzzle in the opening. Just, holy shit. Yeah, the opening, <laughs> the opening is nuts of that. Movie. I was just like, what? Okay, and next on my list is Everybody Wants Some, the Richard Linklater oh, movie. Cool. How was what it? What did you think? Oh, it's so broy. Ah, oh, it's, it's very so bro-y. so fucking broy, but uh, it's. it's it's got its charm. Like I, I was like, I laughed during it, but I was just like, man, this is like super. Like oh, yeah, we're, we're bros. We we like that's bro out and love each other and like gets compete about everything and just my be very feelings. masculine toxicity. Like yeah, my out my feelings exactly. I was like, yeah. I really wanted to like it because I like because Richard Linklater, but I was yeah. just like, it's just it's just not a comfortable movie yeah. for me to see. And this is the other movie where. White Russell appears again, yeah, and like he's one of my favorite characters because he's just like he's a stoner, just like has ta- taped every single episode of the Twilight Zone, and he's just like, yeah, man, the fucking Twilight Zone. I'm just like, whatever. Um, but yeah, super broy. I don't, I don't know. It's obviously a spiritual sequel to nice. Dazed and Confused. It's got some, you know, '80s music, and you'd enjoy it. And it's like, but yeah, it's not his, it's not his best. Um, Next one is Night Owls, uh, which is a rom- speaking of romantic Adam comedies. Adam Pally's in that. Adam Pally. I haven't seen it. It's on Netflix. I've been yeah, it is on Netflix. It. I just discovered it the other night and I was like late night browsing after work and is I was good? just like, yeah, it's good. It's right. uh, set in one location. It's just him and oh, shit. I forget her name and I should bring it up. Um, she's in like the Maze Runner and stuff and other things. What is it? Uh, Rosa Salazar. Uh, okay. So yeah, it's basically just them two, the entire movie. Um, oh, sign me up. I did not know what what was going on. Like, like, I didn't know. I wasn't prepared for what's going to happen in the movie going in. I was like, oh, this is a straight romantic comedy. No, it's not. And it's very interesting. And okay. I can't say anything else because honestly, if I even okay, say one I'm, smidgen, you know, I'll put it on my I'm list. I'm moving that to the top because I've had it on my Netflix watch list for like a year. Yeah, I, just, I was just like discovered the other night and was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. Um and yeah, that's it for this week. I'm out of two else safe. So hey, Chancellor, what have you been watching? What are you watching? All right. So um I tried to focus on, you know, some romantic comedies this week just to keep on theme. Yeah, of course. Uh, so obviously I started with Mute, which is Duncan <laughs> Jones's <laughs> The most romantic movie. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um 
so it's gotten a lot of flack on uh, on like social media. on social media, on uh, fucking Rotten Tomatoes and stuff. Everyone seems to hate it. Maybe because of that, I didn't hate it. I actually really quite liked it. I think uh, it wasn't like it didn't do anything really new with the neo noir genre, and like the visual style of it was obviously very. Uh, very Blade, um, Runner. Blade Runner esque, which was a big thing that happened in the eighties, where every movie looked like Blade Runner. Well, now like that style has come back. Thanks, we got a sequel Altered to Blade Carbon Runner. as well. Looks yeah, like Blade Altered Runner, Carbon so. looks the same as well. Um, I, I really like the movie. Um, it, a lot of it made me uncomfortable, and where I thought it was going to end, I was like, oh no. I mean, I know noirs are very bittersweet and have downer endings, but it can't end like this. <laughs> and then it goes for a little bit longer. And it's like, okay. Th- I understand why it would end this way. That's I much heard nicer. Paul Rudd's performance is really good. Yeah, Paul Rudd is great in it. Um, Apparently, his moustache is majestic. Oh, <laughs> un- unmistakable! You can just see a photo of that and just ah oh, get get the heebie-jeebies from such a beautiful moustache. Um, but yeah, uh, also it is in the I'm going to call the Duncan Jones cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. He's called, they were trying to name the trilogy. I was listening to him in an interview on another does website. It start with M to, as well. Well, the third one apparently does. Cool. It's like mute. So it's, it's, so moon, it's moon mute, mute, and I'm 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 getting the feeling that it's going to be like, mm, like no. yeah, mo, <laughs> mo, mute, mo, yep. Um, I can't remember. They were trying to name it, and then they were going to call it like the Rockwell trilogy because Sam Rockwell shows up in all three of them. Well, Sam Rockwell uh-huh. is a, a cameo on a TV screen in Mute. Uh, uh, okay. But but it's the same character from same Moon, character, ah right, uh, which was really cool. And, and like I got super excited because I did not realize that was going to happen. And I think I've convinced my wife to watch Moon with me now because I, I kind of unconvinced Moon's her. By great, t- it's Moon's so great. good, it's so good. But she liked Mute, so I was like, "Come, come." Then watch you're gonna Moon love Moon. Yeah. yeah. Um. I uh, then followed that up by watching a uh, Down with Love. Which is uh, I, that's the, I haven't uh, seen that one. That's the the um, Ewan McGregor, Ewan and McGregor and Renee Zellweger, Zellweger. based oh, okay. in like the forties or fifties or something. Yeah, but it's like made like a sixties romantic yes. comedy, like a sixties sex it, it, comedy. It's like a screwball comedy. Yeah. Um, oh, very nice. Very fun. Very nice. I really like the. I, mean, I, I don't know if I like the visual style of the movie because like they do this. Um, they do this, these weird green screen effects that to like make it look like more classic. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Like the whole reason I watched it is because I once left it on the preview on Netflix, went and did something else (laughs) and came back to it. And there was this one weird green screen bit and I was just, Hypnotized by it, I was like, "What the fuck?" Call you McGregor, here? all that green screen. What, he just wants why to escape. Is you, why is you McGregor stop being a leading man? He was so good in Moulin Rouge. He was yep. so good in, well, presumably in in Down with Love. I, I, I don't know Star if I would say it's a really good movie, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was very movie. fun. Yeah. Um, the the, the uh, color, the color of it is just great. Okay. Very expensive though, because like I was reading up online, and apparently every single costume a character wore was handmade for that character. Oh, oh okay. And there is a lot of good crazy effort. costumes in that movie, but it was really fun. Um, then I watched uh, Man Up. With Simon Pegg and oh yeah, yeah. oh that's yeah, can't I've remember seen that her name, but she's not English, but she seemed English. Um, that was that's a really really good romantic comedy. Um, my wife was watching it for like the third time this week, and I accidentally walked in on her watching it, so I watched it with her. <laughs> um, and finally, I watched. Uh, oh no, I also watched. I started Santa Clarita Diet season two. 
really excited to see where it's going. I love the first season and I didn't know because I haven't seen any of it yet. I was like the first season previews didn't sell me, but the it's, season two it's previews. On, no, no, so it's like this is on my list. I binged most of season two in like a single sitting. Nice. Uh-huh. It's like Santa Creedite season one is really cool. Season two is like the writers watched the good place and were like, oh let's do that thing. I and totally every see that. episode is like this really cool cliffhanger and they completely twist the story in really unexpected ways in the exact okay. same way that the good well. place does need uh, to catch up. I think it was like it's the end so of good. episode three where they dig something up. Mm. That yes. I, I was like, Chanel, we can't go to bed now. We have to watch the next episode. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is happening? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, oh. that blew me away. And, and then oh, I was gonna see Timothy Oliphant. Oh, he's so, so good. good. Um, and finally, I watched um, uh, Mr. Roosevelt, which is a Netflix <gasps> original movie. Uh, what? I haven't even heard I of this one. I think it's a Netflix original. Um, but it's written and directed by uh, Noelle Christie or Noelle Wells, who I used to follow on YouTube. She used to do the uh, Zooey Deschanel show, where each time she <laughs> said her, say her name, she'd pronounce it completely differently. Um, I loved her on YouTube, and then she ended up working on SNL for a while there as huh. well. Um, and yeah, then she made this feature film, which I liked for the most part. Chanel hated it. <laughs> Uh, mainly because, like, you, you can't really like any of the characters until the end. All of the characters are insufferable, and it's pretty much uh, this girl. She she's kind of like lost in her life. She's like a mid twenties year old, doesn't know what she's doing, and then her ex boyfriend calls her up and was like, "Hey, our cat died," <laughs> and so she <laughs> goes to her hometown, moves in with him and his wife, uh, and like just kind of like goes through this whole quarter life crisis thing. It's very much a movie for this gener- for the, for this generation. Um but it was shot in 16 mil and looks beautiful. Wait, and then it can't be a Netflix movie. Netflix are like Adam yeah, they have like a that sh- you have really to be stringent digital. rules. That's why oh, they really? can shoot Octo yeah. on 35. You can Maybe it just it. looked Netflix uh looked like 16 mil cuz like I was watching on there is definitely a visual thing here that looks great. Yeah. Um but yeah, I I think it's definitely worth a watch. I think it's an acquired taste, but I liked it. Okay. I love Noelle Christie, and she was in some other Netflix movie I watched, and that was why I was like, "I'll finally watch Mr. Roosevelt." Okay. Shane, it? what have you yeah, been what watching? You, watching you remembered this week? Yay. Well, I went. I wasn't a bit inspired after seeing Love Simon last week, and so I've gone and watched a couple of uh, queer films. I watched. Uh, I went back and so Greg Berlanti, who <laughs> producer Zane is just shaking his head. Um, I went. Zane, Greg- can you tell me, do you hate faggots? <laughs> That's a callback to something that happened months ago, guys. On a different podcast. On a different podcast. So it's very you funny, just, I you swear. Just, you just like laid a slur there and no one who listened to our podcast would know. The Damn it. it. Remember, Chancellor, some, some people start the podcast on new episodes like this and they're just going to hear that and just like, they're like turn oh, off. Oh no. my God. Now we've got merch. Can we get that on a shirt? <laughs> we put, um, oh my God, really? Yeah. Just uh, my face on a shirt that says that. <laughs> Terrifying. Um, but I went back and watched Greg Belanti's first film, which is called The Broken Hearts Club, a romantic comedy. I feel like that subtitle shouldn't be on there because it's not really a romantic <laughs> comedy. It's just like a, a hangout movie just about like gay guys in LA. In I like, like his West work. Hollywood. I like Greg Belanti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's interesting. Um, it's really interesting because Timothy Oliphant is the lead in The Broken uh-huh. Hearts Club. Uh-huh. And so uh-huh. I was like, because I love Justified, between Justified, Santa Clarita Diet and The Broken Hearts Club, I'm like... Timothy Oliphant has way more range than anyone gives him credit for. And he's mm. really good at the comedic. And he does like a really great moment of physical comedy in Santa Clarita. He might not be up to the episode. Okay, he, like, he, it's so funny and brilliant. Um, 
so there was that I watched, and then I watched a movie called Pushing Dead, which is an AIDS comedy. Uh, it's <laughs> always it's, fun. It's actually really good, though. It's got James Rodin, who's the lead in Psych, the television show that I absolutely adore, and he plays like a guy that's had AIDS for like twenty two years, and then. Uh, what happens is he's like on the plan to get the medication and then he cashes a birthday check that puts him $70 over so he can't take his medication. And so he's if he doesn't take his medication for long enough, he, he'll either become resistant or die or, you know, there's like a whole bunch of... And so it's like this weird kind of black comedy. It's really good though. It's a really heartfelt Where movie. Where can I find this? Because this movie sounds it's, fascinating. It's really... Okay, so they're playing in a bunch of cinemas in America, like, like random uh, one-off cinemas, but they also it. released on DVD... In Germany, I had to buy the DVD from <laughs> Germany. It's multi. It's a, like an open region, so I could just lend you my copy. Oh, it's an open yeah. region version of it. Oh, Danny Glover's in it as well oh. as this uh, this old curmudgeonly bar owner who's like good friends with him. And Brilliant. yeah, it's a really. I was surprised where the movie went, and it was very touching and heartfelt. I didn't. Ex- I expected it to be like, oh, we're the AIDS comedy and be more like fifty fifty, but they they veer away from that. I love fifty fifty. Don't get me wrong, but they veer mm-hmm. away from that. So it was really good. Uh, Santa Korea Diet season two, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so you finished season two? No, I'm up like episode eight. I'm like two away from finishing. Cool. Uh, like my lord, that show is like it's up there with the good place as far as high concept comedies mm. go. I think it's so well cast. The kid, the the nerdy neighbor, the nerdy neighbor kid, yeah, so much better in this one. And there was a bit I won't tell you. It was a twist that happened in the middle of an episode. I was eating and spat out my food. I don't do spit takes in real life. <laughs> I just didn't see it coming. I like spat and inhaled at the same time. I choked on my food because it was such a what the fuck moment and it was so perfect it's such a good show and it's really funny and i think season two is now becoming a comment on like the, i don't know if you're up to where there's there's very clearly some uh, intersection with real life politics and they're oh, taking, okay. it's a satire oh. of real life in the best possible way it's so good and i cannot recommend it enough cool cool um I've been watching the Catching Up on the Goldbergs, which is a fun show. It's still, I've, I've it's it's it still going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, season wow. five. And they tried to do a spin off set in the 90s, and I watched the pilot, and it's not that great because it was like a backdoor pilot in the Goldbergs. Yeah. But the current season's really good. Um, I mean, that's like a really great comfort food show. You just feel nice after watching it. So we usually finish the night mm. watching that. Listen so then, to <laughs> Pat and Oswald's smooth, smooth voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, and then I watched Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> so there were friends who told me, they were like, look, it's not great, but it's dumb fun. It's not dumb fun. It's just dumb. It's so bad in every conceivable way. It shot bland. The only two redeemable things was I think Bobby Cannavale did a really good job. He just was like, I am the campiest. He just hammed it up to the nth degree and he was really, really good. And also Jack Black did a surprisingly entertaining job in it. Um, But it's I hate Kevin Hart. I think the rock is <laughs> the rock is so bland. I like I loathe Kevin Hart with a passion. The rock is really bland. I'm I'm a tiny man who like shouts a lot. Yeah, that's, and then that's my idea. and then Gillian is it Gillian? Uh, what's her name? The redhead Amy Pond from Doctor Who. Karen Gillian. Karen Gillian. Were you she, thinking Gillian Cosgrove? Because I was. Yeah, I was, I was Gillian like, something. Yeah, I was like, that's something. not. That's Karen. No, uh, she gets a really. I get that the role is commenting on female and video games, but it. They just do it. It's not like a here's the comment and then let's break 
the, the the cliche. They just do the cliche and have a moment where they say, this is ridiculous, and then they keep doing it. And right. so it's like it's not doing anything, and it was dumb. It was predictable. I was sitting there, and then I turned to my family. I'm like, and this is going to happen, and this kid's going to do this, and this one's going to sacrifice his life. Bam. And I was like, every step I knew just straight up. It was very, very bad. Not worth it. How that movie made a billion dollars. Funny, it sounds like it fits into a very specific story structure. Maybe we'll discuss some other time. Yeah, oh, maybe, maybe next week we can talk about something. It doesn't fit into that story oh, structure. Doesn't it? Well, well no. it's it, narratology, like studies, that you can yeah. it, it fit into some structure. Yeah, but anyway, on to the main topic. We're talking about yes. romantic comedies. Woo. The rom com. Where did it come from? Is my first note. Have you guys done some research on this, or do you want me to go? What's with my research? <laughs> Well, I, so I did look at, and like, I'm a huge, huge fan of rom-coms. I'm just ever since really? I did, but yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, I understand because they're very formulaic, but like they're, but they're one just, of they're my favorite genres because I'm just fucking lame. Because there is, it's a genre that ignores plot. Plot isn't essential to a romantic comedy because you know where it's going to go. I'll talk so about that a bit more about later. characters. But yeah, yeah. But where, so, so where it kind of originated, I mean, the template was pretty much set by Shakespeare with Much Ado About Nothing. Two people who do not like each other or they're at odds with each other. They meet, they're forced to be together and they learn off each other and they eventually fall in love and have a happy ending. And then like others like the Midsummer Nights, mm. uh, Eve, Added to the like, added to it, and I think that was maybe where a lot of because you know, a lot of rom coms have the fantasy element. There's like just like heaven, yeah, with Reese with a spoon or the body swap ones occasionally, and that's where the sort of the magical realism kind of came. Yeah, in. well, there's a lot. And the notes on are like like either the sympathetic and well matched lovers, or that are reunited or are reconciled together, or yep. they're. And they have complicating circumstances like class divide or yeah. like parental yeah. interference and et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. The thing that's keeping them apart mm-hmm. and then they have to overcome that. Um, with cinema, it kind of began with the screwball comedy. I, I was going to say, it's got to be the screwball comedy screwball that started. Comedy, or it's, it's commonly known also as a comedy of manners. Yeah. Um, and the big the big sort of watershed moment for that was It Happened One Night, which was Frank Capra's. Have you, either of you seen that? No. Oh. Frank Capra, man, it's Frank Capra. Uh, that sort of set the formula pretty much from the get go, and it's a good movie. That was the first movie to win the Oscar for best picture, director, actor, actress, and screenplay. It was the big five, um, but it's usually like you said, they're pouring up, uh, they're, they're pairing up like a rich or poor, a mild and a wild person, uh, like bringing up baby is another. Have you either of you seen that? Oh. Howard Hawks, man, he's even better. I think he's better than Capra, but uh, it's it's so bringing we up do an baby. episode on who's better, Capra or Howard Hawks. Are we going to do a first episode? Ooh. Well, you guys will have to watch like at least one of their movies. Nah, I'd rather argue about it and not know anything. <laughs> what three chances? Way yeah, <laughs> put but, that on the t-shirt. Um, yeah. bringing, bringing up baby is is the he's the mild mannered professor doctor, and she's the wild woman with like a pet leopard. Uh, it's interesting to note, though, that often in the screwball comedy, the female is the protagonist and the hero. Yeah. And romance is always the B plot. So in Bringing Up Baby, Baby is the name of this leopard that's go run about and they're chasing it down, trying to stop it from wreaking havoc. Mm. And then the romance is something that happens on the side. In His Girl Friday, it's the newspaper story. It's the guy getting hung for killing someone and it's this trial and then there's this romance stuff is always the B plot. Because, yeah, I was going to say the uh, the one... The one screwball comedy that I've really seen and I love is Some Like It Hot. And I was like, oh, that's really kind Some of Some Like a It Hot isn't quite 
a screwball comedy? Yeah, I've heard. I've heard. Okay, well, because what happened, it went from the screwball comedy <laughs> to the sex comedy. Yeah. Where women's roles were diminished. This is where women sort of took the back seat uh, and, the, and the stories became about men versus women. Some Like a Hot is a prime. And I, yeah. Some Like a Hot is like one of my favourite comedies of all time. I think it has the best ending line in cinema history. Yeah. <laughs> and it perf- even if you know it's coming, it's just so perfect, uh, ironically. Um, <laughs> have you seen it, Josh? Some like it hot. Do, Marilyn do you, Monroe. Do you know the last no. scene? Because when I saw it, I already knew the last scene. Chanel didn't. Um, but like, yeah, like you it's said, so great. It's- they made us watch that in film school, and what's really funny is there was like a whole bunch of Americans who are not meant, who aren't really into watching black and white movies. They do that because it's like a film theory class, so it's a really easy credit for them. Yeah, but they make you, you have to participate. You have to show up to the screening as a sit, and they sign you off at the end. And so they went and had to watch Some Like It Hot. And it kills. It kills in a room full of people. And this movie was made in like 1960. So I love, but you know, a lot of those, um, uh, uh, Doris Day, not Doris, is Doris Day? Doris Day movies also kind of fit into that sex comedy thing. Those, it's the 50s, the late 50s, early 60s kind of stuff. Um, and then the sexual revolution in the 70s and everything yeah. led to love, not like like the whole definition of love isn't the answer. And that's mm. what how or love is an illusion. Yeah, yeah. So down Ann, with love. Like um, Annie Hall is yeah, an example. Oh, right, of this. Yeah. I, I hate to bring him up, but just because he, he's. I swear we bring him up like every second we episode. We do. Let's just remind the audience again that Woody Allen finger fucked his stepdaughter. Um, <laughs> we get that on a t shirt. But like, yeah, well, look, we should. Should get it on a t-shirt. <laughs> uh, and then it moved from the seventies and the eighties, and it kind of the eighties wasn't really there. And then it moved into what he's actually referred. There's an actual term for it. It's called the neo-traditional romantic comedy. Yes, heavy nineties. Yeah. yeah, Pretty Woman, Sleepless in Seattle, the entire filmography of Nora Ephron, the entire filmography of Nancy <laughs> Myers. They focus on romantic workings and less on sex. So there's always that's where like the fade to black kind of came in. Yeah, um, and we've got and that's kind of pretty much held since the nineties to now. Uh, including like the proposal or train yep. wreck or crazy stupid love is another one. Yeah. So what defines a rom com? I say there is romance and there is comedy. You would think that. Damn it! I've I've I, I go to a writers group. Um, I hope they're not listening. They probably won't listen. Uh, there was <laughs> you one, one of the writers. I did, but the, the writer we who I'm about to talk about has not showed up to the meetings anyway for a while. Oh, good. He presented, oh, and it's a romantic comedy. I'm 20 pages in and there is no romance plot and there is no comedy plot. I'm like, you're telling me it's a romantic comedy and this is not a romantic comedy. This is like a comedy without laughs. It's just not there. Like it, they have to have romance and they have to have comedy. Um, oh, wait, so I was right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to me, and to me, the, the difference between a rom-com and a screwball comedy, because I actually think there is a quantifiable difference, is it's that where in a screwball the B plot is the romance in a romantic comedy the A plot is the romance yeah, yeah. and then there's usually some circumstances that are leading around it yeah that's what I was going to mention it's just like the oh, romance no, my job. is the central conflict or solution yeah. usually to like, the yeah plot. so love is the center and whether it's someone's looking for love or they're rejecting love or they're in love already or it's unrequited love those are kind of or you know you get something like uh just like heaven where there's like the thing that keeps them apart is she's dead uh, not really she's in like a coma or something but they think she's dead um and you have those kind of tropes there's the meat cute yeah the meat cute the meat is cute. like 
it, that's like it's it's they describe it in so one of my favorite romantic comedies is The Holiday. Yeah, yeah. and they describe because there's a scene where the guy describes the meet cute. It's like someone there, there's a man and a woman are in a shopping store or something, and he's like, "I'm just looking for the pants." She's like, "I'm just looking for the shirt," and then they look at each other, and that moment is the meet cute. Yeah, it's uh, like in Red Eye when they meet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Red Eye has a great meet cute, and it's and it makes it even better because the context yeah. of where the story goes, um, and then it's like the shenanigans that the two people get up to are usually the set pieces, yeah. the comedic set pieces, i.e. the nude scene from The Proposal, which mm. I that is one of my favourite. Yeah. I lo- I, the Proposal is actually a really fucking good movie. It's like underrated. Very, uh, yeah. very underrated. I love Sandra Bullock and everything, but... Um, oh, yeah. Sandy. Um, yeah, and the thing is that comedy is king in these movies. Like, yeah. it has to be funny, otherwise it's a romantic drama, and that's why I kind of had an issue with The Big Sick. I don't know how you felt about The Big Sick being labelled as a romantic comedy... Josh? Yeah, um, I, it definitely lent more towards drama. It was like the mid-ground. She might die with yeah, like the it was, plot of the movie. <laughs> you just had an AIDS comedy. Come on, surely you no, had no, no, a- no, but like it, it's because it was based on real life and like obviously he obviously they found comedy in- But Ray Romano through- was not Emily V. Gordon's dad in real life. So <laughs> I feel like they've taken liberties in other places. Deborah! Um no, it was like sort of like the stepping stone between a romantic comedy and then what Blue Valentine is, which is just sad. It's just a misery. <laughs> yeah, misery. For Miserable me. time, a relationship ending. So. Is it kind of like a romantic dramedy more? Yeah. Dramedy, I would call it, I would I'd call say it a dramedy, dramedy. A romantic dramedy or just a romantic drama because the romance can be funny as well. Um, dramatics are allowed in romantic comedies. They're usually just allowed at like the main climax. So again, in the proposal, it's where she's, She's forced him into this wedding. She's like, no, I can't do this to you. I'm leaving. And a big trope of it is always miscommunication. It's always like the falling apart and then the third act is the guy trying to get her back. Yes. With a monologue. With a monologue, Fun fact, the proposal completely ended differently. It ended up and it originally ended with them not together. And that scene at the office where he goes and talks to her and they kiss in front of the office was a total reshoot and ended up costing them like $10 million to do because they had to build that set again. <laughs> so the movie was originally $20 million and then got blown up to $30 million. It still made like $400 million at the box office. Um, and then you, romantic comedies usually end up with them together, but not always, mm. i.e. my favourite romantic comedy of all time is My Best Friend's Wedding. That yeah. mo- have you seen it? No, I haven't. Have you I seen mean, it, I think no. I saw it like 10 years ago or something. What? Oh, fuck. I just spoiled the goddamn movie for you. Watch it. Oh, no. It's <laughs> literally one of the best romantic comedies of all time. And he does things. And um, PJ Hogan actually does. Like, there's split diopter shots in a romantic oh. comedy. It's really, really good. Cool. Um, so, what are some notable examples and their impact on pop culture? Cool. I'd say everything John Hughes. Yes. Yeah, because... Yeah, teen, teen romantic comedy. It, it's like, because uh, I was talking... The big romantic with, gesture. Yeah, the big... At the end, it's, it's saying radio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. hold up the radio, the boombox, and um, declaring your love. Yeah, Rob Reiner with, like, obviously Princess Bride and, like, yeah. when Harry Met mm. Sally, so, yeah. like, those big stuff, like, 80s. Um, for me, one of the ones that a lot of people don't realise, like, Pretty Woman basically popularised the clothes-changing montage. Yeah, happened yeah, okay, in Pretty yeah. Woman, and before that, it really didn't because before that, it's like the you know, yeah, it, it, it just was it was that kind of thing. Uh, Sleepless in Seattle is mm-hmm. the meet me at the something at midnight. Yeah, yeah, that's a, and that's, that's a like in trope. everywhere. Uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's is the original manic pixie dream girl to a T. Yeah. That movie is oh, I went. <laughs> you've seen it? 
Uh, not in a long time. Though. Have you seen yeah. it? Yeah, I've seen it. Mickey Rooney in, in Asian face. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fucking, yeah. That's, Dear God. That if you cut is... that out, that movie would be amazing. If you just literally edited that out, I would think... You, you should do that. Do a fan edit. Be like Breakfast at Tiffany's. The non-racist version. Yeah, the non-racist cut. The phantom edit. <laughs> the phantom <laughs> edit. Uh, what's really interesting, though, with Breakfast at Tiffany's, the original source material is not a romantic movie at all because the lead male is gay in the book. And so you just and you like, can't oh. have that back in the yeah. But even then, time? like like it wasn't a rem- it wasn't a story about a relationship, and the movie took huge liberties with it. Wow. Um. And when when Harry and met Sally, kind of you're right. Like it set so many of those things about the interactions between men. Yeah, and women. they hate each other, but that's where they get together. Yeah, or yeah, like the struggle between friends and um lovers. Yeah, will they? Won't they? Sort of like and Carrie Fisher's in that movie, and she's. Bloody hilarious oh. in that movie. Is I Carrie like Fisher to, in that? Carrie yeah, Fisher's I, gotta get back in, I would like it. to partake of your pecan pie. <laughs> pecan pie. That movie's so good. I only saw that for the first time like three or four years ago. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, so where is the rom-com gone? Independent routes. Very yeah. much. It's pretty so. much died. It's, it's, and it's there. because of a, a problem we've talked about on the podcast before is like that mid-range budget has gone. It's completely fallen through. Yeah. And so many of the writers for romantic comedies have gone to TV. Or, yes, true. And then, like, I think, you know, uh, like, it, yeah, so the last one to hit really well was Trainwreck. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Which arguably, like, and, and, like, I know, like, Trainwreck was, like, meant to be breaking all these tropes and stuff. They build it as the anti-rom-com. But in, it's not at all. It, it is, is like, the most totally stereotypical rom-com yeah, ever. Right into the, the giant romantic gesture at the end. It's it, not a romantic gesture. It's a fucking cheerleading sequence. That's yeah. all it is. But see, everyone Dude. raved about. I didn't. I didn't actually like Trainwreck that much. I thought it didn't do the first ten minutes of perfection, and then everything else yeah. that followed was like, why? Why did you like the promise of your movie is completely gone after the first ten minutes? Mm. Uh, because it does. It's it's every and they break up for no reason. Yeah, that just they break up. They just have an argument about nothing, and then they break up. It was because it's real. That's what. That's what. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What's his name? Well, I can't remember the director's name. Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow. That's what Judd Apatow does. He makes realism comedy. Look, speaking. Of, that's where it. It always it's sort of like it's like sex comedies, which is like pseudo romantic comedies, but that is mainly focused on sex. Now yeah. it's always like, oh, it's bromance comedies. Like, yeah, I, I do like the bromantic comedy. Bromantic uh, comedies. Wait, are there nice. any really though? Like, other than I love you, man, which is solidly <laughs> Actually, To be fair, yeah, all I can think of is I love you, man. There's a lot of them. The a lot of the, brom- the bromantic movies are like buddy cop stuff. Yeah, or buddy yeah. films, mm. like yeah. the odd couple paired together. Whereas there's no like buddy romance movie because it doesn't really there's only so many times that like and and that's why i don't like i love you man because the joke is we're really close but we're not gay the movie and it goes for like two hours of the same joke over and over and over again i don't get why everyone loved that movie but i'm like maybe the big sick you could count it because it was billed like a romantic comedy they like the top quote on the poster is romantic comedies have a new set a new bar for romantic comedies or some shit like because that because there <laughs> hasn't been one that came out in the last like five years well, there was no, one there was, dead on arrival well train wreck was more recent but there was one called the other woman did you ever watch that one with oh, cameron diaz um, yeah. leslie jones leslie leslie some, man leslie and man. some younger woman 
Yeah, yeah. Because it, it was then, about, and then Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones. Yeah, because Jamie Lannister. He's was, like doing all three of them. Oh, yeah, do, yeah, he's that, doing I, the two. I, they uh, meet together and realize it's bad. I didn't love it, but it wasn't bad. But that was like a forty million dollar movie made like two hundred at the box office. I don't. That's the thing is, I don't think romantic comedies ever tanked. They never tanked at the box office. They just that's, stopped making yeah, them. Yeah, speaking of that, that's another subgenre I've seen popping up. It's like compete competition movies between like. Like obviously two males or two uh, two females over uh, this is war. Yeah, Bride this Wars. Is Bride Wars, Bride Wars, yeah. Uh, yeah, war. yeah. That's like it's like a weird yeah, subgenre. Yeah, you're right. That's yeah. like a subgenre of romantic comedy. It's like now we gotta like stalk this person. Like this is one with Alexander Daddario and Kate something, I forget another name. She's and then they're both competing over a man and being very sexualized and it's just like, yeah, This is war was uh, This means war. This means war, sorry. Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy Chris, Pine. And Chris Pine. I actually quite like This Means War. I had mm. fun with that one. I don't think it's a perfect movie by any stretch of the but it's fun. It's yeah. fun. I, I find it funny things. and this was something that not my idea at all. I saw it from crack.com where they were talking about <laughs> how the romantic comedy is the only film genre where you root for the antagonist. Because technically the main character is the bad guy here. They usually come in, they ruin someone's perfect relationship where you're like, yeah, they may be a bit unhappy, but, and then they just take this person away and we don't know if they're going to be fine. But have you, so there's a movie that addresses that. Oh, really? Ooh, yeah, I think, ooh, I, I, I think feel like I've mentioned, it's called The Backstar. I, I remember seeing it. It's pretty cheap. It's a bit of a cheap movie, but okay. it's got Jason Biggs in it in the lead and he's okay. the Baxter and the Baxter is the term that this movie gives to the guy who's left at the altar oh, when the person comes in and crashes. You've told me about this years ago. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. and I believe it was actually written by... Uh, not J.J. Abrams, the other guy who always works with J.J. Abrams, Drew Goddard. Oh, I was like, that? Damon Lindelof? Oh, Damon 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 Damon. We do um, not speak about Damon Lindelof unless it's vermint anger. It was, what is it? I'm just, I'm just looking at it now. I got scared then. It is directed by, oh, directed by Michael Showalter and written oh, by Oh, okay. Him. I was going to mention so, him. He's yeah, a pretty and it's, it's, prominent yeah, director now. It's about that kind of trope. And it's got all, you know, that regular, like Elizabeth Banks, Peter Dinklage, Michelle Williams, oh, Justin wow. Thoreau. Michael Ian Black is like that. Uh, Paul Rudd is in it. Like it's all the usual crows. So I've, I've, I'm trying to hunt it down to watch it again because I remember seeing it just while not paying attention. But anyway, what makes a good rom-com? Ooh, I don't know. I love them you mentioned all, mentioned it before, Josh. Comedy, characters. romance. Characters. Yeah. Great, characters, characters. Great characters. Relatable, like interesting characters that not just, I'm not, I'm not a crutch for the plot or anything. Like, actually, I, th- like, I, think it's, I think it's the more specific a character is, the more intriguing they are. Because yeah. yeah. it's a genre, like I said before, it's a genre where we pretty much know the end. Mm. You know, it's, and even if we don't know, the, like it's going to go one or two ways. They get together or they don't get together. There's no like... Aliens come down and kidnap them all. Kind yeah, of not yet. Thing. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Moving forward to the one where they all get together and it's, it's just like a fucking yeah. orgy at the end. So it's like a movie specifically about the, the journey party? and who, you, oh, damn it, who right. you go on the journey with. Um, and that's why I think something like The Proposal really works well because you mm. know Ryan Reynolds' character yep. to a T, even Sandra Bullock's character to a T, and Nora Ephron and Nancy Myers are both phenomenal at building characters. There were two movies that came out, I think, around the same time. One of them's like my favoriteest ever and one I just I just accept as existing. Um, <laughs> 27 Dresses and Maid of Honor. 27 Dresses, I like the characters, I, I love them. They're I interesting. Seen it. What is wrong with you, man? I know. I, Catherine Heigl is hitting miss for me. Yeah, no, that's fair yeah. enough. <laughs> but Maid of Honor, I feel it's like... so bad. It's so, like... We, were you watching... Was that the first time you'd seen it when we were watching it? No, I, I saw it in cinemas. So I watched, I'm like, cool. half of it. And this movie is, like, 95 minutes long and we are 40 minutes into it and the actual plot... Because the plot is he's asked to be the Maid of Honor at the girl who he likes wedding. Yeah, they've been best uh, friends They've for been years. best friends forever 
and then he's asked to be the maid of honor. That doesn't happen until 40 minutes into the movie. Yeah. And you're like, is this plot so thin that you just padded it out? Like, it was I'm literally going to be bringing this up later on. Okay. Okay. That, um, Sorry I brought it up too early. No, that Good actually, romantic comedies. Um, that actually sidebarred me uh, for a second because speaking, um, what's the one that was released recently on Netflix, the Adam Devine. Uh, oh, uh, uh, the time. The time travel. travel the time, time. The time travel romantic comedy. There's like a little like category of that. Yeah. There's like a couple yeah. of those. Well, that's like in the fantasy. That's one of the ones yeah. there's like the magical fantasy. element that comes into yeah, it. Yeah. Okay, uh, Just My Luck with Lindsay Lohan and Chris yeah. Pine, which isn't a bad movie, but it's where it's the, the she has good luck and then she accidentally gives yeah, it luck to someone she, else they and everything swap. bad happens. And so, but she's trying to get the man of her dreams or there's, you know, the, the, it's the body swap or the back, you know, just like heaven where she's a ghost and he can see her yeah. for some reason. I remember not hating that movie either. I just, just like the most romantic it. movie of, the, of all, The Fly. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was a beautiful swap. movie yeah. where, you know, he swapped his body with a fly and started slowly becoming more fly and yeah. but even broke a guy's arm. Brought, brought a tear to my eye. And I think yeah. as far as the characters go, there's like a villain you love is also really important in these ones. And if, I find it, having generic villains is a big problem with generic villains, comedies. Or usually like if the main character there's a woman and she's going for a guy and his girlfriend is like just the worst person and treats him like utter shit. You're like, there is no way, well, look, some people in real life, but there is no way you would stay in this relationship if they were treating you that comically bad. Yeah, Table 19 was one. I I can't remember if I actually spoke about it. I didn't mind it, but the, the like what was going to happen at the end, I was like, I feel like this would happen, but it seems kind of cheap. Uh, and that's just because the the girl that the ex that, that the boyfriend is with is just the biggest bitch for no reason. Mm. And you're like, yeah, they they're gonna break up at the end. It's oh, really so obvious. My super ex girlfriend is another fantastic yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. romantic yeah. like yeah. one with the magical sort of element in it. Um, but my best friend's villain, I think, is really great. My best friend, <laughs> my best friend's villain, <laughs> my best friend's wedding. It has such a great villain, and that was Cameron Diaz's first sort of big breakout role. Mm outside of the mask and she's yeah. really good in it and you that's the, what makes that movie so compelling is you really like her you absolutely yeah, like her and it makes the story work this so is well. why i really want to see your bridesmaids a bit your bridesmaids a bitch your bridesmaid is a yeah. bitch which so I, I think i've talked about that script before is literally if that got made it would be the best romantic comedy of all time you think adam Powell he could play the lead maybe he, mm, i'd put someone else in it oh no adam Pally. oh yeah, actually. I was just thinking about it the other day. I was just like, I remember the script because after watching that. Is he a little Nine, old? Because aren't they meant to have just been in, because uh, he's meant to be like mid-twenties because they've been in a relationship yeah, for nine but, years. Mm. They, like that was his first love and then she goes off with someone he, else. He could be a little bit old. but Have, I, you, have you read it, Chance, do you? No, I haven't You yet. need to read it. I it's will. Literally I'm the pretty best sure I have it from you. Uh, yes. But the, that monologue is the best in the mirror. I yeah, there's a sh- fuck you monologue and it's so good. Yeah. Uh, I, IMDb says the guy who made Tucker Dale, it's Tucker not, and Dale it, vs. Evil. Ryan, Damn it. Brian Duffield has the rights back again. I checked with him because I'm on not a first name basis, <laughs> but I do have a hoodie from his his latest movie. That, so that was the price. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a, yeah, yeah. yeah, you didn't tell me. <laughs> I'll like, tell you off. Anticipation. <laughs> um, but so what makes a bad romantic comedy? Boring villains or like really just, dis- because that was another Terrible, problem with Made yeah, of Honor like, is that the the guy that she's with isn't bad, but he's not really likable. He's just yeah, there. He's like, I'm Scottish. Yeah, unlikable characters that yeah. we can't relate to. Yeah, when you can't relate to the, the main character, yeah, um, that's also a problem. When you don't care about if they get together. Like a very like 
awkward romance or like yeah, like no chemistry, but also like if the romance is like really wrong, like it's yeah. just like Ugh. I don't know. I feel like you could do that and have like fun Silver with Linings it. Playbook. Yeah, but take. if it's more, if it leans more <laughs> towards comedy in that aspect, yeah. Like if it's balancing, if it feels really wrong, we're not going to buy into the comedy. And I think either. I think where the problem happens is when it feels like everything's just cobbled together from a bunch of other movies. Things like yeah. um, Rumor Has It. So with Jennifer yep. Aniston, and it's like the my the graduate was based on my family story, and it's just really uncompelling. Jesus. Failure to launch with Matthew McConaughey and yep. Sarah Jessica Parker. It's so it's so unmotivated by like reasonable character work. So the characters don't. If you set up a really good character and then they do a thing, it should be. Of course, that character would do that or say that or be like that because mm. that's how they've set up to be. Whereas a lot of these movies, just stuff happens and then the characters will react. Kate and Leopold is another awful movie. I revisited that one recently. It does not hold up. That's Hugh Jackman, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Hugh Jackman yeah. and and the sleepless in the Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. <laughs> Meg Ryan, the star of maybe that's where romantic America's comedies sweetheart. have gone. Meg Ryan doesn't do any movies anymore, so we don't she, get she romantic took them comedies. All. Yep, she took them all. Like, she yeah, took them when like, she went the up. Two every hog. Take it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got Maid of Honor here just because it's yep. tons of extra padding for a plot that is maybe like a ten minute setup. I'm going to assume you have uh, they they came together on this somewhere. No, because they came together is, is a parody. Of yeah, it. is a parody of it, and so much of what happens in they came together reminds me of Maid of Honor. Yeah, Maid yeah. of Honor mm-hmm. is the unfunny parody because yeah. everything but is just so generic. Technically, it's more so parodying like the you've got mail slash the thing that you've got true. mailed. Very yeah. true. Um, there's a movie called Did You Hear About the Morgans with uh, Sarah Jessica with Sarah Parker, Parker. Oh, yeah, yeah. Grant, Grant and it's yeah. literally like they witness, a, they witness a murder and so they have to go to a ranch and they fall in love and it's just it's like so that sounds bad. amazing are it's you kidding no, 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 I'm in. I remember actually because we rented it from it was like we got the movies we wanted and then it's just like this random B movie it's like let's just get this just to watch and oh my god it's awful <laughs> Yep. Uh, and then then what really bugged me as a fan of romantic, as a big fan of romantic comedies, is those ones that are trying to be quote unquote different romantic comedies, but they actually fail to realize what makes a romantic comedy work. And that's like Leap Year with mm. Amy Adams and The Breakup with Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn. Those, the yeah, Breakup was yeah. like, it's the anti, that was, this was the anti rom com before Trainwreck. And yeah. it was like, they don't get together at the end. I'm like, okay, but that's it. That's your whole plot. <laughs> it's 2005. We're edgy. Huh? Yeah. And Leap Year is the one where Amy Adams is like in Ireland and she's the one day of the year in the Leap Year where you get to propose, where the woman gets to propose to the man because we're still in, you know, 18th century England, yeah. apparently. And it's really oh, bad. I like Amy Adams, but that movie is intolerably shit. <laughs> because it just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, they don't care. About, I feel like people don't care about the genre. Yeah. And it's like when you get someone doing a horror, but they don't do anything horror because they don't like horror. And so you need to, you need to like the genre you're working yeah, I think it's the same problem that all the Michael Bay horror films have is like they understand the basics behind it. So they just do that. Yeah. They don't do anything new. And if they are trying to do something new, they don't understand the genre. So they don't actually do anything. So it doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. It's a bare minimum to market out a film for release and to get money back. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Is there a future for the romantic comedy? I like to think so. I, I like I'd, see, I think, think that Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd, fucking, what was it? Judd Apatow tried to do this and it kind of worked with the 40 year old version. genre in doing the, the, that? Yeah. But the R-rated romantic comedy, I think that's the future. Or with love, the TV show, like the Netflix show. Oh, I haven't seen oh it yet. Yeah. right. Um, but that's where it's, it's moving to TV. Yeah, yeah. it's to TV. 
I, I want to see more in the movies just because I love romantic comedies. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, TVs, that's fine. I think we're seeing a resurgence of it in indie cinema, especially like yeah. Adam Pally's. There's a movie called... Oh, what's, it, it's a romantic comedy drama called Band-Aid. I was literally just showing yeah. Josh the picture yeah. for it. It's, it's about like a couple that are having relationship issues and then they so they form a band to work out oh, their relationship great. issues. And it's actually... It's good. The music's really good, and the 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 actress who's in him with that she directed it as well. It's really really good. Um, yeah, or it's like super indie stuff, like Joe Swanberg doing mm, like the Drinking Buddies yeah. one, where it's yeah. like the couples the they like the opposite people. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I like. I'm a huge fan of it, but I don't think we're ever going to see a comeback of it like we did in the '90s. We're never yeah. going to see that shape of a romantic comedy again unless someone break like like you know someone will do a western every now and then. And it's mm. like an old school classic western, and we'll probably have that with a romantic comedy, but it's never going to be the, like in the, the way. state of the world back then was different, and that's how they shaped it. Wait, yeah, well, you saying 90s. we can blame Trump? No, you can, can blame nine eleven. Bl- no, damn it, nine eleven, the terrorists of one. We Liter- lost romantic literally, comedies. you can start seeing the romantic comedy die after that. Can we do a romantic comedy based on nine eleven? <laughs> no. God, no. I am writing That's it. going I'm on a shirt now. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, everything goes on a shirt. Um, I think, I think though, part of it is that the audience is too fractured and the creative people are too fractured because mm. there was a lot of studio spec script stuff happening in the 90s. Yeah. Now there's not that it's IP, so you have to write a rom-com book that, like Love, Simon, yeah. um, which actually works really well as a romantic comedy, not just a teen comedy, not just a coming out story. It's mm. actually like a really good rom-com. It says the mystery person that he's falling in love with via email, who is it? Find out the mystery. You know, and it's so it works as a rom-com as well. But and audiences are, are too fractured where it's, we're seeing a lot of stuff on the audiences that would go and see romantic comedies are now staying home, Netflix and chilling and watching TV shows on Netflix. Yeah. That's why we're seeing some of that stuff on Netflix in the form of TV shows or in the form of Netflix movies. But they're kind of, yeah, it's, I, I want there to be, I'm going to work, I'm going to try and yeah. make it happen. That, that'll be our job. We're going to write a romantic comedy each. That's three more yeah. spec scripts that will never and be made. Them, release them in the same year. So then it's like, oh, uh, this is the year it's made. They're, they're not going to. We, we, we make like China and artificially inflate the cool. appearance. <laughs> of, Jesus. All right, cool. Yeah. They're going to gonna be made, Transtar. Oh, okay. You've got to believe. I do believe. Okay. Do you believe? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good place to end it. Yeah, I think so. It was semi-hopeful. Uh, yeah. So let's go to Not end, but yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, top five. So top yep. five. Instead this of just top five one. romantic comedies, I thought to branch it out because I think I think like we're getting too much crossover when we just do top five such and such movie. Yeah. And so I, I yes. quite liked how we did top five um, most overly dramatic scenes when we did the drama thing. That was kind of fun because you got to hear some different takes and everything was kind of different. So I've got top five most yeah. romantic scenes in movies and it yep. doesn't have to be a rom-com, but it can. Um, do you want to go first or do you? I'll, I'll go first. Okay. Um, just because mine are the stupid ones. So I, I don't have any... Uh, I find with these ones also it's hard to have um, honourable mentions, which I always it's struggle so with. Anyway. Are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding no, no, me? No, oh, no. Fuck. Okay, because your honourable mentions can be like everything or nothing. Yeah, it's true. Like, it's like so much or like, yeah, it's it's very... This is a very hard list for me as well. Well, well I'll have my honourable mentions as all the ones that everyone else will do, like the John Hughes, the Spider-Man Upside Down Kiss, the all those really true, true. great classic... You the, just the, on one of my top five. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's in my honorable mention, so sock it. Uh, the, the Kiss in the Rain from The Notebook. They're my honorable yeah, mentions. Yeah. These are far more interesting. Oh, wait, no, three isn't. Oh, well, number five <laughs> uh, is Walk Hard, The Sexual Tension, which is, 
Wait, what? The Dury You know, whenever they go to kiss and then they don't, they're like, oh, oh, sexual tension. It is <laughs> yeah. beautifully stupid. Um, number four is a more serious one. It's 27 Dresses, the greatest movie ever made. It's the Benny and the Jets <laughs> okay. scene. Is that on Netflix? Probably. I think it's on Stan. It's on DVD at my house, motherfucker. Okay, so you've got um, so romantic transfer. Yeah. Like so it's, it's the Benny and the Jet scene, so it's it's where the two characters actually realize that they like each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a classic romantic comedy thing. They both get drunk and badly sing all the lyrics wrong in Benny and the Jets. Of course. And then they, I think they crash their car. No, no, they just like, in their car. Is drunk. it kind of like the scene in The Proposal with like, it takes two to make a thing go right? Yeah, I guess in a way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, number three is my boring, uh, obvious one. It's love, actually. Um, yeah. It, it, it's a scene at the end where the kid goes through the airport yes, and professes his love to the little music. girl. Oh, music I just, it's just touching. Um, number two is How to Plan an Orgy in a Small Town, uh, which is a great yeah, independent romantic comedy that I found. And... It, it, it's specifically, I came across that accidentally on IMDb because I was looking up an actor and I'm like, oh, that's that movie Charles was talking about. <laughs> mm. And you should have seen it. I'm pretty sure that was either on Netflix or Stan. It's on Netflix. A while. Oh, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, I, I saw it on DVD, obviously. Um, but yeah, it, it, uh, I, I don't want to say the scene because it, it kind of like ruined yeah, the this, plot it's point. Fine. Yeah, but we, it, we it's believe. in the end when the orgy happens. Okay. Something romantic cool. happens in the orgy <laughs> and it's beautiful. Uh, and then number one, my number one romantic scene because like I had a romantic orgy. The most romantic scene to me is in Titanic. Yeah. The romantic boob grab. <laughs> so when they're in the back of the car in the, in the ship and he goes to kiss her, and he just grabs her boob. It's just a honk honk, but it's such a romantic moment. It's like any any other film. It's like ah, oh, they grab no, their boobs. I, it's I, awkward. I agree with you there because it's it's a human moment. Yeah, which makes it like more romantic. Very yeah. human, it's very human romantic. Yeah. Yeah. See, I like, think the steamy hand on the window is iconic. The steamy that, hand more, is iconic. Yeah, but iconic. But I can see a, a sexy human steamy moment. hand anywhere. Where do you see a romantic boob grab? Okay, yeah. Oh, it's I lovely. Agree, yeah, that's a nice one. Okay, uh, uh, throw it to Shane. Okay, Shane, uh, go Shane. So my honorable mentions. I don't know how you can say they kind of. So falling slowly from once, the scene where they're singing that song in the music shop. Yeah, gorgeous. Uh, the ending of Pretty Woman. Where it's the knighting, the shining armor, running up the stairs, and the suit. like it's her fantasy done in like a weird urban way. It's, it's classic. Uh, the, the ending of Romancing the Stone, the the boat going down the street in New York. Oh fuck! I totally was meant it's to mention Romancing so the Stone. Good. I love so that. Movie. Good. That's such a great romantic. Like that's such a blend of the romantic comedy with an action adventure. Mm, uh, Titanic on the bow of the ship. I'm yep. flying, Jack. Uh, the planetarium scene from La La Land. Oh yeah, I could absolutely. put lots of things in La La Land, but the planetarium <laughs> scene is pretty pretty good. Uh, the, the the entire of the Princess Bride, just yep. the entire of it. Uh, Moulin Rouge as well. The entire of Moulin Rouge. The the elephant love medley is probably probably the number one there. Um, and then the meat cute in Romeo and Juliet. That is one of my uh, favorite through the aquarium. Through the aquarium. Yeah. It's, one of, it's such a gorgeous scene, and I don't think there's a more perfect meat cute really. So my uh, top five. I have number five is Say a Little Prayer from My Best Friend's Wedding. This is the scene, and you'll know this even if you don't go into the movie, it's mm. where they break out into Say a Little Prayer for You at the table in like the restaurant. Yeah. That, it's, it's, it's romantic because it works on a bunch of different levels. You have to put that on the top of your list and go and watch it this week. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix or something. It's really good. That movie is 
groundbreaking even if you watch it today. It's really, really good. Mm, Uh, Number four is The Pastor Scene from God's Own Country. It's a movie I mentioned during our top ten. Yeah, I'm excited. It's on my list on Letterboxd to watch. It's it's such a simple scene and yet it carries an immense amount of romantic weight to it and... That was that would have been really hard to pull off and do right. Uh, kissing in the rain from Spider Man. I love that. Like yeah. the idea of like kissing in the rain is so like I mean that's been iconic since uh, breakfast. Since at rain Tif- existed. Since breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh yeah. Which did the movie version movie version of that, and then there's you know the Notebook and that kind of thing. And the Spider Man was like, what if he's? But can we do that? But with a superhero, and they, just that little twist of it made it so good. There's, it's very rare because there's like the you know. The top five most most iconic kisses in the history of cinema. Yeah, Spider Man is up there. Oh, definitely. And it's weird that a movie, a really modern movie, was able to kind of do right that. after he stopped the rape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and then number two is the the Carolers scene from Love Actually, where he's got the cards and he's like, "To me, you're perfect." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, of that, yeah. I mean, that just will melt. Yeah, I am really hoping all three of us have different scenes from Love Actually. <laughs> I'm hoping Josh has five different scenes from Love Actually. No. Uh, and Damn then, it. and then my number one is it's when Rick lets Ilsa go in Casablanca at the very end. Oh, okay. of course, yeah. yeah. He's looking at you, kid. Yeah. That is, you can't beat something more romantic than giving up love. Yeah. If you love that them, is the, let yeah, them go. Yeah, and it's it's so, then that that movie still hits so strongly despite being made in like 1940 or whatever mm. the hell it was. Yep. So I love it. I love it pieces. Okay. Josh. Beautiful. Okay. So my, I didn't have an honorable mentions because there's like so many to mention anyway. So uh, being hard on myself. Top, like number five is Wesley and Buttercup from The Princess Bride, As You Wish, sort of like yeah, as they learn yeah. that there's different ways to say I love you or like they, they, they're expressions of love. It sounds like you said wrestling Buttercup in The Princess Bride. Wesley. Like, when does he <laughs> wrestle her? Oh, I mean, you didn't see Wesley. the R-rated version. <laughs> yeah, unrated. Um, so yeah, and I thought that was a very nice, beautiful moment. Uh, number four is Harry when Harry met Sally the news Eve speech it's just like when yeah. we start our yeah. life I'm gonna I thought you were about soon. to say the, the I'll have what she's having yeah scene. same <laughs> sure <laughs> um, number three is um, I'm going a bit more towards platonic love here it's um, anything with Grace and Frankie sort of like their expressions of love for each other and affection okay. for each other I find very beautiful or um, Saul and like the their relationship um the Merrill Edge, like the, I just love, there's so many bits to choose from. It's a bit cheesy. Uh, number two is Crazy Stupid Love, the Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone scene oh, when they recreate the, the recreate the Dirty How Dead. the yeah, fuck dead. did I forget that? That uh, is honestly sort of one like, of my favorites. And when, like, there's like that human moment where she actually like freaks out because she's <laughs> yeah. lifted in the air. So yeah. I was just like, it's uh, th- that beautiful. movie's written by Dan Fogelman. He's actually a really, like, if you can get a hold of his scripts on the page, they are really good to read. They're really yeah. good to learn writing off. Yeah. He did This Is Us. Is, is oh, the of course. Of of that. Course, and, course, he, course. and he's got a, show, a movie coming out called Life Itself and the screenplay for that is phenomenal as well. I think you mentioned it on Twitter. And number one, uh, we mentioned it, Sister Spider-Man Kiss in the Rain. Yeah, oh, like yeah nice, absolutely. Nice moment. There's like other films I was going to mention. I was going to mention like weird stuff, but I was just like, oh, I don't know if it works as romantic. Apparently Tobey Maguire nearly drowned, <laughs> suffocated because <laughs> the mask covers yeah. his nose and it's full of water and then she's over his mouth. He actually can't breathe so um let go I, if you've ever had water just run like if you've been upside down and had water run up your nose it burns yeah, yes. that's, that's, uh, i, I want to add two more to honorable mentions okay. uh, just because i remembered return of the king 
when uh, Aragorn like tongue fucks her face at the end. <laughs> I love that moment. There is something about I, that. I was, just... was going to mention Return of the King where they're all jumping onto bed and it's like, oh, oh yeah, oh, <laughs> central. Yeah. Just the entire ending is just, oh. Um And uh, Moonlight. The, oh, the I was going to mention hand job. Beachside hand job. Making a romantic hand job is just amazing. <laughs> I love making unconventional like things that people don't think yeah, are romantic course, but course. are very human. Yeah. Well, making then you them probably romantic. like the God's Own Country one. They literally make like spaghetti bolognese romantic, like Ooh. the most romantic gesture. To be <laughs> yeah. fair, I've had some good spag bol. I understand. <laughs> uh, well, that's a really good place to end a good spag bog. <laughs> Uh, if you like this, please subscribe. Please rate us and review on iTunes. We would love that. It really helps us get our, our podcast out there and noticed by other people. And tell your friends to listen to it. Get them to subscribe. We're available on iTunes and a bunch of other places. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at uh, Twitter and Instagram at Picture Rangers, and we're on Facebook at the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. And if you have an email. Is something you want to email us? Fan art? The fan art of all of us falling in love with each other? I don't know. Oh, People please send us crazy. an you guys. Uh, Just, uh, do you got some t-shirt designs for Transter and all these terrible, terrible things? Uh, and you can send that to motionpicturerangers at gmail.com and you can follow me on Twitter at Shane M underscore Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at that... That Sundance Katie, it's in all caps, and at Instagram at underscore that, that's that Sundance Kid because I'm going to relaunch my Instagram sort of. So there you go, Ooh, more and, more classy photos. I don't know. And then you can follow me at Instagram at the Chancellor. And uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you again next week. With love, goodbye. Missile we have at that godforsaken mothership. Pray to God that it works. No, none of these ideas are going to work. I've got it. What we need to do is tell every citizen to leave their homes naked and just tell them to have sex with toasters in the street. The aliens will be so confused, they'll just sod off. If you'd like to see the alternate takes on political issues ranging from big to small, subscribe to a New World Order podcast at www.thatsnotkindofproductions.com forward slash a new world order. Mm.